0: Welcome to another episode of How Real Estate Changed My Life. And if you've listened to any of them prior to this one, it's all about me just visiting with people that are, can honestly say real estate has changed their life. I mean, always to the good, of course. But uh, today I've got uh, Jeremy Scott here. He is a local real estate investor, broker, you name it, a whole bunch of stuff. And he's got a great story about how he got into real estate, what it's done for him, some awards he's gotten recently for for being uh in, in real estate. We'll talk about that too. And I knew of you, but I didn't meet you until we were at that awards ceremony. So that's kind of cool. So Jeremy Scott, hey, yeah. tell me about you real quick and 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 everybody listening.
1: Yeah, you nailed it. So Kyle and I had been uh business doing business together without even knowing it. <laughs> yeah. Then I started knowing who he was, right? The last name, got a very unique name, right? Yeah. Sticks around, you can mm-hmm. remember and then realize like, oh man, hey, that's that's who he is. And I don't think I had seen you before, but maybe a picture mm-hmm. or something on uh, Facebook, but yeah. just through you know one of your contractors. But uh, long story short, I knew who he was. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go introduce myself. And we met up at the Aggie 100, which I'm sure you guys all know about if you you know Kyle and you've been watching this show. But it is a prestigious honor, and I'm proud of it. We're not big braggers, but that one is one I like. You to earned know. it. There,
0: yeah, there's two things exactly. to be proud of. One, you're an Aggie. That's enough. You can walk tall because of that. And yeah. the other is like <laughs> you've accomplished something with your business that very few people can say they've accomplished. And that's be one of the 100 fastest growing Aggie-owned companies out there uh, over, was it five-year period of time? I think it was three-year mm-hmm. period of time, depending. So that's something to be really proud of because there's always a lot of work behind the scenes that people, people don't see or, or realize. Big time. Mm-hmm.
1: Big time. And I think yeah. you nailed it. It's that behind the scenes stuff, right? Yeah. And that's really the hard part of real estate. If you want to n- nail it down to whatever you're doing, it's it's like everybody thinks they get into real estate and it's, it's going to be easy. Well, it's that under the, the table stuff that
0: you just mentioned that makes people successful.
1: And that's what you and I are good at.
0: Yeah. Well. The- so you started as a real estate agent. Is that correct? Is that what I remember? Correct, so, correct. so, so all these people, they sign up for a real, I don't know if you went to a live classroom or if you went to a virtual one on, but when you, everybody signs up to be a real estate agent and they hear about, oh, they're going to make a hundred thousand their first year out. And everybody's going to be doing this, go out and buy their Cadillacs the next I couple didn't. of months and just go <laughs> wild. And, every, but then two months go by and they're like sitting at their desk. Like, where are these, all these, I was supposed to get all these transactions. Why am I not making all this tons of money? And it's because there's a whole lot of work behind the scenes. So that's where you started, right? You you started as a real estate agent. So how how did that happen? And why why did they go into that to begin with?
1: Yeah. So right out of Texas A&M, Sewell Automotive is a heavy recruiter. So I did the Sewell route and we chatted about that when we Mm. met up the other day. Enjoyed it. Would have risen, um, but didn't like the car business. Mm -hmm. Um, Just wasn't for me. Love Sewell. They're awesome. You should buy all your cars there. I learned a lot about business. Uh, Mr. Still's book is amazing. And really just learning how a multi-billion dollar operation ran from the inside out in the different departments. That was super advantageous where I'm at now. But what was most advantageous then was that raw client shows up, your goal is to sell them a car. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's it. There is no better raw sales training than that. And you either sink or swim. And I would say that has Sales training from the car business has been massive going into the real estate business, but it doesn't mean like I was a success immediately. Far from Mm -hmm. it. I had saved a bunch of money from the car business, a bunch, it's all relative, but um, enough to where I was comfortable Mm -hmm. to move over and start this venture. Well, this venture started with me playing golf three times a week and trying to become a day trader. Real estate went to the back burner until lost a bunch of money on some trades because I'm an idiot and then needed to make money. So, real estate was my vehicle to do that, and that actually happened twice. One was one was a, a big loss, and one was a very, very big loss. But I had to get really good really quickly because I had bills coming up that I had to pay for. Not in a, I wouldn't humble myself mm-hmm. go back to the car business, but it was more like I'm not going to look these guys in the eyes and say I failed. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was massively motivating. Yeah. So that that was good, and then started getting the real real estate uh, realtor after that did deals worked with a bunch of buyers who finally eventually turned into sellers and did it all referral business. Actually, I didn't do any lead gen. So that's one thing we focus on now is only lead gen and we teach you how to do it. We don't do it for you, but we do provide you leads. Right? I guess we do some of it for you. But what we do now is like a model, you come with us, you're going to succeed you do what you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. because you get the business to do that. And if you don't do what you're supposed to do, which is the nitty gritty behind the scenes, showing up to the office, making the calls, putting out the offers, going on the appointments, that's how you make money in real estate, right? You don't make it
0: by- Yeah. Teaching people how to do the work to get the work. It's not just driving around looking at houses. You got to find the people. Right,
1: right, right, right. And Kyle is doing that on an awesome scale. I respect and admire because he's got good people. I met a lot of them and they are people who like big time. And, and that's the one thing too, that I find is like, I feel like, well, I don't, I'm, I'm going to bring it up. I feel like God does put the right people together. You know I what do. I mean? And mm-hmm. yeah. And if you are praying about that type of situation, mm-hmm. you will attract good talent.
0: Oh yeah. He wants everybody to be successful. Right.
1: So yeah, that's kind of the, the short journey. And then man just did the real estate realtor thing. It's like, I don't want to do this forever. Quite literally watched those mm-hmm. flipping shows and I was like, man, I think I could do that.
0: Those are fun to watch, <laughs> weren't they? Yeah. I watched them all. And then all.
1: You, what was your favorite?
0: You know, I liked the Montelongos, the flip this house and, and they were in San Antonio. And I think what I liked about it is they were dealing with entry-level homes and they were dealing, in San Antonio was a market not dissimilar to DFW in far as far as it wasn't like million dollar homes. It was 100000 $150,000 homes, three ones, three twos, just nothing sexy, just solid houses. And they had it integrated their whole business from like they had their contractors in-house, they had their financing in-house, they sourced the deals. So that those are the ones I really enjoyed watching. And then there's a gentleman out of South Carolina, I forget his name, but I liked his business model too, because he was more on the, he had a, a business similar to mine as far as like, they had, I think they had a property management business and they had You know, the flipping houses, and he was more similar to my business model here.
1: Interesting. Mm -hmm. Because it's funny, you resonate with who's like kind of your more business model, right? Yeah. Well, then anyway, uh, did the flip game, did a few of them, and wanted to scale that up, and then decided to finally, you know, get the your game. Mm And this is a conversation that I'll share we were having the other day. It's like, you know, people can start in this journey, and then there's people who can like bypass the beginning of the journey because they either have the income already, they have the manpower, or the capital backing, mm-hmm. right? So our conversation was around, you know, what I'm really good at is getting in the trenches and finding the deals. And mm-hmm. well, what Kyle's good at is getting on buying them and managing them, right? So he right. kind of bypassed that whole part where now I'm trying to continuously earn capital and find private lenders to be able to invest back into more long-term stuff, mm-hmm. right? So it does seem like you start at the short-term and everybody's goal should be long-term.
0: Yeah. Everybody should be long-term. And and you have to do the short term game to get to the long term. So I, I've done it all. Right. Like I've, I've I've sourced deals, and, and you know it was different back when I started. I was just sending postcards to non-owner occupant homes, and now I don't know if that model really works. Because I used to I used to have a calculator, I had an Excel spreadsheet that I knew exactly how much I had to put in to get this much out, and then even when it came to property management leads, how much money did I have to put into? Google Ads to get a property management account. And how much would that? How many of those do I need to get to pay my bill? So I had it all Excel spreadsheeted out, and so it, it was it was one of those things where man, it was it was scary when I got first started. Everything you do in this business, you got to think about long term. Where are you going to go? Because I see all these people that wholesale houses, and then they spent all their profits, and and they didn't have anything left over to when the market moved, they were just left behind so they went and bought a car they went and bought a car or they or they went to flew to some crazy resort in mexico and blew it all and they came back thinking they were going to get another twenty thousand dollar gig the next day and that just doesn't always happen you can't always count on that i've I've made some good good licks on some houses but man i'm afraid to spend money sometimes i've gotten a little looser than i should be sometimes but (laughs) uh, i was i I was you know you're 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 always worried about the next time you're going to starve
1: right Mm -hmm. you're not kidding and guys with success like i mean you do really, really well, and there's people who just do really, really, really well. But they got everybody's had the same entrepreneurial mm-hmm. mindset, right? It's cyclical. Mm-hmm. It's up, it's down, ebbs and flows. And that mentality worked, which you were just saying when the market was going like that. Yeah. But now you actually have to be good. Yeah. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be savvy. You have to work on your skills, yeah. right? Otherwise it's hard to survive in a seven to 8% interest rate market.
0: And there's a whole lot of, and and to be a real estate agent starting right now, I would be very nervous. I'd I'd be very nervous. So I'd want to hook up with a guy like you who kind of helps put together the path or the plan.
1: I appreciate you saying that because I am, loving it. Mm -hmm. You know why? There's so much market share and I can tell that realtor right now, focus on buyers. I can tell you the ads to run, the leads to get, give you buyers and have you go succeed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, God, what do I do? The market changed. There's a book called The Shift by Gary Keller. Think what you know about Keller Williams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Book is amazing. I highly recommend it.
0: They put out several really good books in a short period of time, and I don't think they've put anything since. But they've they've had some good ones like Millionaire Real Estate Agent, Millionaire yeah. Investor. I used to give those books out to people uh, when they were first in the, either in the business or investing. Those were nice gift, gift books to give out.
2: Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But same thing with you have to have a plan. Like I had an Excel spreadsheet that I knew exactly how much I had to put into Google Ads and which ones and what would come out. Same thing with you on on helping an agent get started. So um, absolutely. Is there something that you see in an agent that you're like, that guy's going to be, or that lady's going to be successful, and then that one's not? How long does it take you to figure that out?
1: Man, I love that question because I've been so wrong so many times. The person who I thought would be dominant sucks. The Mm -hmm. person who I thought would be like, "Eh, you're going to have to work pretty hard, but they just get it. Mm -hmm. You know what? You know what I have found, though? It's the following directions. The person, for example, we have someone who is... 45 days in the job. They just got their third contract That's under, under contract. Third. The man is, was scared to make a phone call. And, and I'm happy to say it's in front of him. And he would be like, yeah, I was. You know what I mean? He's now mm-hmm. very proud of himself because he's getting in there and making the calls. But what I have found is like, he's not a guy I'd bet like, oh man, he's just, you know, you and I could talk to a rock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not that type of guy. He's more reserved introvert, mm-hmm. but said, hey man, here's your game plan go on your appointment and do this because this way we'll do this because this way we'll do this he's so good at following directions he's motivated to make money right mm-hmm. so i can't teach that but what i can teach is a game plan for you to go out and execute i'd be curious your thoughts on this i have a hard time with old dogs that aren't willing to get on board with the new tricks mm-hmm. even if they have an awesome resume we just don't mesh
0: yes i've had quite a few people and it is hard to tell who's going to win. And I don't, I don't know. I'm hoping I'm getting better. I really am because you know I'll, I'll put somebody on a salary and, and have a, a commission incentive, and they'll have this amazing resume. But the motivation is what really matters. Like, oh well, they're like, oh well, I've saved up a whole bunch of money, so I, I can make my jump into real estate now. Man, that's a, almost a now. It's almost a red flag because they're like, well, they got the safety net. I want the dude that jumps out right. on the airplane is right. like, hey, I'm going to figure this out. Let's give me some. <laughs> Give me some paper mache. I'm going to put a plane wings together while I'm going down. Like I want that right. guy that believes in Yeah.
1: In your yeah. own journey, right? Yeah, I tutored I, a seventh grade kid while I was getting going. Just mm-hmm. anything I could, I dude, I did those marketing. I got paid to go eat at restaurants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's you a real thing. I mean? oh, sign me up. I need the link. Send yeah. me the referral link on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to remember what it was. It was like years ago, but I'm not kidding. You. I was like, man, I can go get like twenty to fifty bucks and a free meal. Like I need that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Survival Absolutely. is entrepreneurial. Those are like synonyms.
0: Yeah there's a lot of creativity a lot of like like just make things happen for you and too many people sit back expecting that phone to ring or to expect something to happen and and you have to sometimes you have to force it i mean i mean because there's mm-hmm. a lot of competition out there there's a lot of real estate agents that are going to starve in 2024 i just it, sorry that's just what's going to happen
1: why though i mean what do you i think there's I think action that, things that they're not doing
0: oh yeah absolutely well there's there's always you know when you're like Sewell, like Luxury vehicles, there's always going to be somebody, no matter how bad the market is, there's always going to be somebody walking in buying a luxury vehicle. Right. So there's always going to be the real estate agents that are uber successful. They they are because they're professionals. They know what they're doing. They got the, they got it down. But the thing is, is we, we're in a high interest rate market. So there's a lot of people that are not able to buy or willing to buy right now. So there's less transactions. There's some unknowns. I've seen a lot of people get laid off recently. We've not seen it in the news, but there's a lot of layoffs going on. I, I, no kidding. I, I've seen that. And then, so good. There, there, there's a lot. There's just not hitting the news for whatever reason. And then I got um, a
1: couple of guesses, but that's not this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, I, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, same, I can go with that too. There, there's, uh, and, and then, on top of that, the profession as a the border realtors is getting attacked. And, and I don't know if you, we didn't even talk about this yeah. earlier, but I think it's getting attacked by the iBuyer programs and the internet transaction software antitrust lawsuits against border realtors to where what buyers agents can't get paid by sellers agents anymore. So who's going to pay the buyer's agent? The buyer's agents, the buyers rarely have enough money to barely come down with a down payment. How are they going to pay a real estate agent on top of that? Or and then they're going to think they can do it without an agent now, even more so. Right. So they're going to it's going to be a more dangerous situation for the buyers. I think I saw a report where they were expecting the average Term of home ownership to go from seventy years for seven years to I think eleven or thirteen. I can't remember. It was a, people oh, were gonna really? people were gonna trade houses less often because there's your payments going up. Your, your payments are going up, but then also like your real estate agents, you're not gonna have a buyer's rep that's paid for by the seller. So it's gonna be interesting. isn't this
1: interesting? It's-, it's catered and presented as if this is for the little guy, but honestly, big business is big going up. to win. The, oh, we are going to win in this. But it's not, it's not our doing. And I, I, I'm with you. It's going to put the buyers at a disadvantage. The buyer's agent thing, I get it, Mm -hmm. right? With the seller and commission, but they could also say, no, I'm not paying you that, right? And not do the deal with them. So yeah, I'm with you. There's a lot of gray area, but at the end, it's, it's big business is going to, they're, they're winning.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it, it's frivolous lawsuits. I mean, there's no doubts about it. I mean, they're just, it's, it's for their own benefit, not for the benefit of the people. I think Correct. in the buyer's agent, they work harder than a listing agent, in my opinion, by far. It's like, there's uh, so much. There's just no 90, guarantee you're buying a house for somebody. You're almost guaranteed you're selling a house for somebody if you're a listing agent. And then the, energy, I can count probably, time. yeah.
1: There's homes where you'll show somebody, I mean, quite literally 75 to 100 homes mm-hmm. and they'll buy. That's sweet, but you're making like eight bucks an hour. Then there's times where you are 100 to 120 houses, and they literally just like you know we're gonna go buy an RV. Yeah,
0: you know I, I call it Better Homes and Gardens. I don't do Better Homes and Gardens for buying houses for individuals like owner occupants. I've just never been an owner occupant buyer's agent, and I've never been a buy like an owner occupant like my GC company. You know DFW Landlord Services. Mm-hmm. We uh we don't do Better Homes and Gardens. We do investment properties because if there's somebody living in the house and they're going to micromanage things, that's not us. I can't do it. So it it takes a unique personality to be able to pull that off on a buyer's agent side. They work hard. Well, you're right.
1: The end game is not being a realtor. mm -hmm. The realtor is a means to an end to get access to investment properties Mm -hmm. so you can no longer do real estate if you don't want to as a realtor. It does pay the bills and it does have some big paydays, so Mm -hmm. it's worth it. But at the end of the day, it's like if you're not buying for long term. It's a job. Not wise. Yeah. You're never going to get out of the
0: rat race, right? So tell me, how, how did you get into the, the, the buy on your long-term stuff?
1: Cherry picking some deals mm-hmm. for the flips, right? And producing that income. But then like, I guess now our process is different. The other ones, it was more like it wasn't selling, so we jumped into it. And now it's like we put up three or four different fishing lines, whichever one hits quickest that makes the most sense is what we go with. And you and I have had that conversation. Um, and I do have rentals um, converting some of them into seller finance notes, mm-hmm. right? Where there's appreciation and amortization. Both of them are good. Mm-hmm. If you have them, you're doing better than the average
0: bear. Yeah. There's no wrong but, answer. It's just, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. each Uh But yeah, I really just started picking those off, man. Mm-hmm. And then some tenants is like, God, I bought this. They said you made payments for 10 years. Like, if we up it a little bit and you say for some sort of down payment, wouldn't you want to buy this thing? Mm-hmm. And um been able to help like at least two different people, like who would have had no idea or how to buy, like buy a home that they were renting in anyway. And mm-hmm. uh what I like is that the repairs, I don't have to deal with it yeah. and you can charge a lot of interest. Obviously, you're you have a very valid point, you lose control of that asset. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get banks to lend collaterally on the note and the debt itself. That is an issue.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I can help you with that. I, I mean, okay. I, um, now I don't do it, so I I don't have the the connections, but I know the people that do that do that like as their business model. Like they'll use the, they, they sell an owner finance, almost all their notes. And then, but they have banks that they, somehow they collateralize those, those, those notes. Um, dude,
1: I would love for you to get me in touch yeah. with those people. I won't even charge I, you I, anything I, for that. <laughs> I'll buy you lunch.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. But, um, a fake book to creep you a little bit. And I know you're You had a, I think you got a class either tonight or a couple of nights from now about investing in notes. So tell us about what you're doing there.
1: Yeah. So that is kind of a perfect segue is just Mm -hmm. buying debt. There are, in the same way that you can buy a house, send out a postcard like you were doing, they call, you monetize it, et cetera. You could mail out, you can get a list, mail out for debt and try to, let's say it's hundred grand for round, you know, note, if I can, in a perfect world, like let's, let's let's do that YouTube thing where I get it at 60 grand, right? Mm-hmm. Realistically, it's probably more like 75 to 90, Right, but that's your, your discount right there. So mm-hmm. boom, if I buy a $100,000 note for 60 grand, that's 40 grand immediately discounted, not including the interest that amortizes on top of that. So that's really like yield. I love talking about yield. And if you can get, that discount combined with that interest, your yield goes up astronomically to where, in my opinion, if you're not making double digits, especially with this inflation market, you're not getting ahead. Yeah. Um, you have to get that kind of return to, to stay ahead, especially right now. But you can buy that debt and uh, you can actually create that debt. And I've started creating it too, which is, is really fun because mm. that's how you get the ultimate discount. Because if you buy this property at a discount, rehab it, sell it for more, so you got that equity, and then you're paying interest on the equity created, mm-hmm. Long term, that's super fun to me.
0: Yeah, creating yeah. it, you're you're making it happen. It's that entrepreneurial bug in you that sees the yeah. how you can create money out of, in essence, nothing, or with the or, or with the little Lego pieces you have, you're able to build a castle. Right, and and and, and there's so many <laughs> right. people out there that are like looking at all those Lego pieces, like that's just a bunch of mess. But you know, it's like you have the the little book on how to put those pieces together. In your head and or you can create that so there's there's people out there that have that ability and you're one of them
1: well i would say i'm very good at action taping probably like yourself Mm -hmm. this isn't something like jeremy is just born and this was in his brain i had Mm -hmm. to learn it all right a lot of money on coaching a lot of money on books my audible account has a hundred and something books in it Mm -hmm. i've listened to every single one of them most of them more than once Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much more in that Audible account than I ever have in anything in my entire life, mm-hmm. including Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. But all that business counseling and all those hours read is what transcends to what we can do today. It's not like Kyle McCall Properties is uh, my favorite saying that I did not come up with was you were a success, overnight success 10 years down the road.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. Right, it took 10 a whole years lot to be an overnight success. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is everybody looks at at you know like wow, look at what you did. That wouldn't didn't take you very long. I'm like, no, I I starved for a while. Like, and mm-hmm. you know that people don't see that.
1: Well, and it's the same time while you're doing it, they got their heads down. They're like, I can't believe wow, I was doing that. Man, what a risk! Yeah. What a risk! Let mm-hmm. us all just continue going to happy hour after work and then going home and doing the same thing forever, watching Netflix, which I do all that. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but it's amazing the amount of people that won't dedicate time to better their life. And they're just so content with, hey, this is mm-hmm. it. I'm done.
0: Well, there's a, there's a large percentage of the population that when you ask them, so what are you doing for retirement? Or they'll say, well, I'm putting, you know, my, 401k match in and that's it like there's not any more thought into the uh, it's just the auto like target fund i retire in 40 years that's it they're not putting much effort and thought into it they're putting more thought into what restaurant they're going to go to on friday night than they are of what they're how they're going to have resources 20 years down the road and so that, right. that's the scary thing to me is man i just don't want to be that guy that's done not have anything um hey, man it just freaks I just freaked. I got out. family
1: members that are that way, don't
0: you? Yeah, I mean, I I know that I've seen people retire with nothing, and I've seen people retire with money, and I'd rather be the one that retires with enough <laughs> to pay for the nurse. Yeah, enough, you know, just be comfortable. Unfortunately, it's going to be more and more difficult to be comfortable later on in life than it is now, mm-hmm. and so. I've kind of had to take my thought process and kind of change it. I used to be like, Hey, I just want to get the pay- bills paid. And I think now it's a little bit more like, Hey, I need to get ahead of the game because I think the game's gonna get harder. That's just right, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I just think that the game's gonna get no, harder. I don't think we've got are. the big companies suing border realtors and we got everybody trying to push everybody down. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get squished. I wanna be a little bit higher up.
1: So here's one of the things too, I like to tell people and I'm with you hundred percent. It is going that way, is like these iBuyers buyers. There was a reason why they were able to win deals. It's because they were able to pay more than anybody was willing to pay. Mm-hmm. They didn't come in because they're more skilled. They had more money and were paying higher prices. We just say, do it. Do your thing. Well, look what happened. They all went out of business. They're about to come back in. Mm-hmm. They will not ever dominate the top-down sales process like you and I can, because my opinion, they're too big and they're more like, we have all the money, we don't really need to do that. We're going to just base it off projections. And that's what they did. Remember Mm -hmm. when they came in and started buying, everybody was like, oh, 2030, things are going to go up 4% per year until then. Well, clearly that didn't happen. Anybody who's been around the block, probably expected to ebb and flow, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. an ebb to come back. So all you're talking about, which is I love, is like you're taking action while you're going to be in a better position, right? Then when it does get hard and as it gets hard, you're your front lines, being one of those guys who dominates while everyone else, it gets harder for them.
0: Man, there's so much I can go into the iBuyer business model and why I think it's failed in pieces. It's failed. You can't have people sitting five states away that can look on a, an Excel spreadsheet and say, I'm buying these 50 houses and I'm going to put X amount in it when they haven't rant, like they haven't got real honest boots on the ground to, to really walk these properties, know exactly what the rehab is, exactly what it's going to be. They're trying to do everything with a, a computer algorithm. And I respect right. the technology they're trying to use, but there's some things like that computer doesn't tell you that sheetrock needs to be replaced, or that computer doesn't right. tell you the right. flooring's out of date, or, you know, that fan, yeah, that's great in 1980, but, you know, this is 2012 or 2023 or four. Like, it, you know, it's, it's not modern, or it's not. It's not the taste doesn't fit what people want. Like, oh, this house in Keller, like people don't want the little lines in their windows anymore. They want the full window panes. So that's why that house cost five thousand dollars more than this house. Like, there's just little right. things right. that the computer algorithm does not pick up. And then, so I've seen it happen time and time again where an iBuyer picked up a house. And there's one in my neighborhood. It's set forever. I'm right. Like, how in the right. world did this house not get sold? Like, they bought it for too much. I get that. And then they tried to sell it for way too much and didn't, and they still didn't sell it when it got pressed what I thought was too low. But it's just because it was distasteful home and the drainage was messed up. Their computer doesn't tell them the drainage is crazy on the backyard. So there's a lot of things that just don't make sense. And I think it's dangerous that there's that kind of much money behind them to where it throws the whole market out of whack. When you're looking at, let's say, Zillow. It's crazy, isn't it? Since I say the word word Zillow, I'll probably get shut down on the internet because of the conspiracy (laughs) theories. But so Zillow goes out there, they have a website, you type in your address and it tells you what your house is worth and what it should rent for. And then they're the guys that come in and offer you to buy your house. Well, Mm -hmm. the guy that's offering to buy your house is the one that you're looking at to see what it's worth. How do you know they didn't just reduce the estimate value on your house 10 or 20% before they offered you? And then as soon as they bought it, they're like, They push that number up so that they got buying the house after you sees that they're getting a good deal. So it's just why do you think
1: they're suing uh, to get buyers agents away?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm telling you. It's 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 shady stuff. I'm like I can't believe nobody was looking at that. Like there was a reason you have third party appraisers when you're making a bank mortgage. They were everything. They made the whole decision Mm -hmm. process for people, and people just ate that up. Kind of crazy.
1: No, I'm with you, man. I love talking about that stuff too. What what I'm finding is like that the agents that were. So I'm a part of some masterminds that have um, some high profile agents that Mm -hmm. only do real estate, realtor stuff, and then some that will do both investments and whatnot. Mm -hmm. What I'm finding is all the regular realtors, if you're in San Francisco and you are just doing million-dollar houses left and right, and you're making bucos of money, you aren't because people aren't aren't doing that now. So I'm seeing a lot of those guys who have massive success, who wear Rolexes, driving nice cars, whatever you want to say. They're having to either learn this side of the business live and or live off their savings or just get out of real estate. Mm -hmm. I really think like It's driving it, especially with buyers lobbying, controlling the market, and they're wanting to buy. If you don't adopt the we buy houses type thing or learn how to do it, and as a broker teach your agents how to do it, you're leaving a ton of money on the table. You're going to have great talent that would stick around and stay and dominate leave mm-hmm. because of the lack of knowledge. And uh, it just seems like if they're going to cut buyers, agents out, going directly to the seller is going to be quite a bit more beneficial.
0: My business model is I always want to control the product. I don't want to have to go find the product for somebody. I want to control it. So that's why I was like, I buy directly, I buy the property and then I rehab right. it and then sell it. Cause then I have control over it. I don't know. I just, I'd like to be in control. And, and you know, if you're, yeah. if, if you're, you're giving it all away, if you are just a buyer's agent only, I'd rather have the asset and sell it because I know I'm going to sell that house. So right. hopefully.
1: Well, and then you run around and you're showing mm-hmm. 50 investment houses mm-hmm. to this cash buyer and he's throwing out 50 grand under the, MLS asking price, you, it gets
0: disheartening. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you a secret? <laughs> this is what I tell people when they sure. want me to be their buyer's agent, which I, Absolutely. I don't really do much of. I tell them, hey, you're, you're wanting to buy a house. Yep. You got money. You're, you're willing to do it. And they said, so, okay, I'm going to send you five houses. You're going to make an offer on every one of them. And like, well, I only want to buy one house. I'm like, well, you're going to make an offer on every one of them. And they're like, well, I only want one. I'm like, the one that you like the most, that's your highest offer. But would you say that every house has a price that it makes it a good deal. Every house, every, at some point, every house makes a good deal. That's the offer you make. That's that's the the offer you make it. Okay. Well, it's not offer. It's not the list price. Maybe it's over the list price. You can offer over Mm -hmm. list and still get a good deal and you offer less just because that's the price that's listed on the price. Does not on the ask? Does not mean that's what you have to offer? So when I'm out and I'm like, Kyle's going to go buy a house this week. I make an offer on every freaking house that I look at. Every one. I've gotten some that I'm like, I didn't really want it, but I made that low that offer so low that it made sense. I got it. Interesting. I, and there was there was one week I went up. So I I do a lot of my stuff in in some tertiary markets, and I remember you know it's a two hour drive to go to some of my markets, and so I went out. I think I drove four houses and you know made four offers, but I only had enough money in my bank that I felt comfortable to to take one down mm-hmm. and feel comfortable and not feel like I'm like going to starve. And uh, I ended up getting both of them or two of the two or four <laughs> two of them I'm like crap what am I gonna do And I'm like, well Good problem to have. I'll just take the one that I like more and the other one it was only they were a block away and so I'm like oh crap I've got this one and here's the other thing I make offers I make them and this is not something you would do in your brokerage I make them no option period, hard money like hard like it's I'm putting a big mountain escrow and no option period so right. people if, if, right. let, if my offer is lower than ask, then it's a legit offer like it's not like i'm it's not not a crazy wholesaler low price but it's a it's a legit yeah. offer they take it serious and so they both took it and I'm like well i got money locked up in this one and so i just went through my phone list and i'm like hey you know this guy likes to buy houses that this looks like so let me call him up. he's like yeah so i just signed it over That's i didn't nice. i didn't i just <laughs> i was a real estate agent in that regard so i just made the real estate agent commission i didn't mark it mm-hmm. up or anything i didn't get a an assignment yeah, fee yeah, yeah. or anything i just like just, just hey it's the same thing it, in yeah same and, it, and so i was a I was a buyer's agent in that regard, but I controlled the asset. Does that make sense? So I, I didn't, Absolutely. I'm not driving around looking for that guy a house. I'm like, Hey, here's a house. I right. got it. Do you want it or not? If not, I'm go- I got three more guys. I'm going to call after you. And every, like time I, strategy, every, man. every time I've done that, it's worked out. I've never lost a dollar doing it. And um, that's also how you know a buyer is legit or not. Cause that guy that's going to have you walk drive 50 houses. You're like, dude, I'm not driving you 50 houses. We're going to make an offer on every single house we go into, but we're going to figure out what the price is. And mm-hmm. it's just what it makes sense. So you're gonna agree with the price. But if they don't agree to that, they're not a they're not an investor.
1: That's uh the best advice that I have actually personally ever heard about that investor who wants to send out a bunch of offers. That uh, that is a really good strategy. So if you are brand new and listening to that, like run with what he said. Yeah. Now I will say like it's a lot easier for a guy like Kyle with a bunch of credibility to be like straightforward and it is what it is. You may have to be a little nicer and mm-hmm. customer service oriented, but his strategy is dynamite.
0: Well, there's a reason I don't do well with owner-occupant homes. <laughs> I know. So I know. I'm, I'm an investor. You and I house. know that. Like, so I'm like, <laughs> man, the more it smells, the more dead rats I see, the more I like it. If I can see through the house, that's like good. That's great. The thing is, is like, it's not that I have credibility. You just got to do it.
1: Right. A lot of people want to sit around and wait for permission, and and I get that because it happens to me, especially to an certain extent. Coaches, but I'll give it to my wife. She was encouraging the other day. She's like, I like your philosophy, but like you're a little smarter than you give yourself credit. Like you can make a good decision, go out there and like take action, do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to relay that to anybody who's like on the fence or or trying to get started. Like, do it. I guarantee you go out, send your offers, call Kyle and be like, what do I do, man? He'll coach you through a deal. I guarantee you, and it'll be win win.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I enjoy it. You just got to do it. So let's talk about you. You did the Aggie 100. How did you grow so fast?
1: Action taking, the eagerness to learn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like these are things that I guess you can't really teach, right? You have mm-hmm. to want it yourself. Uh, but I've always wanted to be successful, and I like being successful, and not like a better than that. It's just, and I don't know. Maybe at the end of the day, it's just a borderline insecurity. But it's like I'm wired to like be better. And I mm-hmm. want to always be better, and not even then better than you, because I want everyone to yeah. rise with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like I just am, perfection is like not possible. Cause there's always something you can do better and look back on. And I love sharpening those knives, right? Mm-hmm. Man, we did this, but what if we did this next time? A lot of A-B testing. So I did a lot of throwing stuff out of the wall, seeing what sticks and mm-hmm. a lot has stuck. But I'd say if you can afford coaching, you can get with the right coach and have that mentorship and not even pay for it. Like What I always say is I don't want to coach people. Like I don't want you to pay me a fee for me to tell you what to do. I want you to come work for me. Mm Because then both of us are going to make more money than coaching and you're not going to get mad if you don't succeed. It's like you're going to not succeed because you're in-house not doing the things that you should do Mm -hmm. rather than just me saying, here's what you got to go do. Go take action. Right?
0: Yeah. And we're coming up in a different market than where when you had your massive growth and things stuck and they worked. Are there anything, is there anything that you see coming down the pipe now that makes you want to change your model at all to be, to adjust the new market or are you just going to be able to do the same thing and just. No, um,
1: we're really good at listings. Mm -hmm. So we're now, we're actually going to have to go after buyers Mm -hmm. and there are people on the team who like buyers. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get the uh, acquisitions guys, if they do generate buyers and they don't want to go out and show them, it's like, Hey, you'll still get a cut, refer it out
0: Mm -hmm. and do it, do that method. How about your investment side of the business? What do you see coming down next year? You think 2024.
1: So 2023, we scaled back. I swear we were flipping one out of two, like physically owning it, rehabbing like Chip and Joanna, Mm -hmm. aside from just assigning, flipping the contract. We're doing about 50%. Then we went down to about, 20% 20% mm-hmm. tops and I'm now ready to kind of move back up to 50% based mm-hmm. on what the Fed's saying with the interest rate, you know, unhikes, whatever reductions.
0: Right. <laughs> You're thinking the current administration's going to put pressure to lower the interest rates or the market, you know, it, uh, the, I think the inflation came out the other the day that it was yeah. 3.1%, so do you think they're going to ease off on the on the rates?
1: Yes, I think a lot of what we talked about those layoffs not hitting media I think Mm -hmm. that that's happening. They're, they're, I mean, if you pay attention to the Fed, I'm sure you do. I do like crazy because number one, I find it interesting, Mm -hmm. but it really does dictate exactly what you're talking about. What strategy should we go for? So rates literally a month ago were like 8%. They've naturally dropped down to 7.03 is what they are in the Fred, the St. Louis 30 year mortgage. So it updates weekly. I, I believe next week we'll be under seven. And I think in February right then we'll be at, I'm going to call six and a half. Six and a half. Maybe Maybe right. 6.25. So we're
0: calling it. When this thing goes live, six and a half. I'm calling it. Okay. I'm calling six and a right.
1: half. That's all I'm going to bet on.
0: Okay. And you know, in reality, that's not a horrible interest rate, like historically speaking. No. Like I right. think I paid more when I got my first house in oh two. I think I paid, I think it was, I think it was somewhere around that range. It might've been, even, it might've been more, it might've been higher than that. But uh, the FHA in 2002 I guess we could look it up, but I, it wasn't five percent. It wasn't three percent, and I know that.
1: Right, I'm with you. It's mm-hmm. it's all the new time home buyers. What do they know? They know mm-hmm. the six, seven, eight percent. Yeah. So yeah, they got to buy a affordable property, and somebody buying a luxury home now is going to have to put a good amount down and stuff like that. But is that not just normal real estate? You've mm-hmm. been in it longer than I have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's funny because we just we got this offer today. It's. Uh, on a a flip, been Mm -hmm. on the market for a little over 30 days. We just hit that point where I I dropped it only 2,500 bucks, but it could tell it's like, we're getting a bunch of showings. I know this price is good, but people Mm -hmm. just aren't moving forward yet. So we got this FHA offer, right? A little bit lower in seller concessions and people are like, Oh, I don't know if you're going to take it. I'm like, guys, this is normal. This is what yeah. real real estate is. FHA buyers are are usually the normal buyer. Yeah. And then you have to work with them and then you bat, run back into that whole potential appraisal situation and concessions. But to me, it's just like, I like it because there's less competition. We can get mm. way more market share and it's like, I don't want to say easier because it is harder, mm. but some things are easier. And whenever it gets easier again, we're in a position, guys like you and I taking mm. action with market share to dominate while everybody else is like, hey, I think I'm going to get my license now. But I do think like optimistically, like 2024 is going to be a cool year, but I don't know about 25 and 26.
0: 2024, whether rates go down or stay the same, I don't think they'll go up. But I'm, either way, I'm going, I'm going big. I'm going to be an aggressive awesome. buyer. We're gearing up to, to buy a lot of rentals. Absolutely. And we're going to burr the crud out of everything we can get. And then we're going to go to town hold five, seven years, get the max value we can out of the IRR, and then um, tax write-offs as much as we can on depreciation, and then roll that again, and then just keep, keep going heavy.
1: It's an interesting time, right? Because there were distressed buyers, even when the real estate market was awesome. always. always. Okay. So now there's still distressed buyers. Let's say, even if there's a few more, or let's just say the same amount, there's distressed buyer and non-distressed. Non-distressed buyer hasn't changed much, whether Mm -hmm. it's the up market or the down market, they got their good debt, they got the good interest rate, Mm -hmm. they're going to keep it. They're probably going to move only if they have to. Mm -hmm. This distressed buyer in the up market had a lot more backbone than they have now because there's a lot less guys out there buying and sourcing deals. So right here, Like you scaling up and me talking about Mm -hmm. we're doing it big is you can, the the distressed buyer is more distressed now than they were in that up market. So you can get so much better of a deal, more equity in your rental right off the Mm -hmm. bat that you're going to love guaranteed next year Mm -hmm. getting into it because you can get a much more smoking deal right now. But then there's people who aren't distressed. They're just like, yeah, take it or leave it. You know you pay me a fair price we'll, we'll make it work but then the people that are distressed it's just like I get your situation I'm not all about greed I'm here to help you obviously we are a for business mm-hmm. we are a for-profit business but those people right now are willing to take substantially lower than they were a year year and a half ago yeah. that's what I, I like
0: yeah when I make offers on distress seller situations when it's not listed by an agent I run comps and I show them exactly what their comps are in the neighborhood I tell them exactly what an estimate would be to rehab the property to the condition that it needs to be in. And then I tell them, hey, this is what it's going to cost me. This is how much that I anticipate hopefully making in equity in this deal. And I'm very clear and I have them sign off on it, initial it and everything. It's like, that way nobody can come back and say, you stole a house from my grandma. I'm like, no, I absolutely did not. I was very clear yeah. and I'm not greedy because somebody else would have paid more if that was the case. It's right. just, this is what it has to happen for it to be worth me buying. And in exchange- right. I'm closing on this house on the day they want to close and I'm I'm not, there's no conditions. I'm not asking them to replace the federal Pacific panel in the closet. I'm not expecting the roof to to hold water out. Like I'm buying it as is where it is. My money is not an option period. It's hard. I'm not walking from the deal. And
1: And we're not buying from people incapacitated.
0: Yeah. Like these, these are people that are like, they need to sell it because they want to buy another house somewhere else. I can't tell you how many houses I've bought. From people that if they would have just taken better care of their home, they probably would have been happy there, but instead they trashed their home and now they're ready to go buy another home that's not trashed. And so I probably should have kept up with them. I should have <laughs> kept up better with them, and, and then kept up with a new, new house. I have a new, new. I think you've done all right, man. New opportunity over seven <laughs> years or five years, but uh, no, that that's and you know I've I've had good luck working with real estate agents that needed a buyer that could step in and close without any just period. They could close on a certain date so that their buyer could buy the home that they're upgrading to. And these weren't always right. distressed homes. These are just. Homes that just, you know, maybe they needed some updating or something, but they didn't have to worry about inspections or close dates. So those, those were not even distress, but like opportunities, I guess. And you're right. kind of solving a need. And part of that need was they just needed a, a definitive close.
1: Yeah, man. In my opinion, the people who are like, oh, you're taking advantage of people, it's like, you're an idiot. You're not in there. You're not seeing how many people's lives were making better at helping people and how much did those people come up to the office, bring cookies, send referrals, mm-hmm. literally treat you like a grandson. You know what I mean? It's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think there is a big misunderstanding of the role that real estate investors play, and I think there's there's a mindset in and this comes down to the entrepreneur, the person that makes things happen, and a creative person versus somebody that sits back and takes the world that it's handed to them instead of creating the world they want. And so the people that sit back and take the world that's handed to them, they're sitting in their job. They may like it, they may not. Doesn't really matter. But they just think they don't get the choice, and we get to create our choices. So that when they, when they see somebody making a profit off of something, that blows their mind that you got to yeah. create that instead of just taking what came to you. Right. Let's get back to a little bit on how, how real estate changed your life. If you could just sum it up in just a couple of sentences and somebody just out of the blue said, man, you're in real estate. How did it change your life? What would your answer be to that person?
1: I mean, to put it simply cheesy in one word, freedom, just not, you know, car business, you're, you're there all the time working there. And I, yeah, I go to the office all the time, but drop my kids off and pick them up from school, right? Those are my office hours in between there. So that's nice. Originally, yeah, and it's still a monetary goal, right? Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But when I first started, it was money, right? It's like, okay, man, God, if I can make 250,000 of revenue, that would just be amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then you hit that and then you're just like, oh, well, that's kind of empty. Now what? And it's like the next one and every single benchmark there Mm -hmm. has been that way. However, what I have found finding purpose in helping people achieve their monetary goals. That motivates me so much more than money nowadays, but don't get me wrong. I like money. I like nice stuff. Mm -hmm. I I do want to be a billionaire. I'm very vocal about it. I'm not going to screw you over along the way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're going to get there. And yeah, maybe it'll be 80 years old, but that is a a monetary goal of mine. Mm -hmm. However, I'm finding a lot of fulfillment and helping mm-hmm. people do well and start from scratch. Um, and literally, I can't believe this guy or girl would succeed in sales. And then they're coming in and just dominating because they're doing what they're told. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That to me is uh, awesome. That's my favorite part and yeah. probably yours too of entrepreneurism.
0: You were talking earlier about, and this I don't know why I'm coming back to this, but it just it, it's a story that I keep rehashing. And there's a big brokerage firm down the street from you off of 170. You might know the name of it. It's real big. Uh, you might have mm-hmm. referenced one of their people earlier in the story or in our podcast. Okay. And yeah. uh yeah. there was I was postcarding houses. This is a few years ago. And I was postcarding houses and I got a I got a really good deal lead and I went and go walked the house and it was a tenant occupied rental. It it needed some work, nothing crazy. They, they did have a pit bull in there, they did have the backyard was all messed up, but it was a great location. The rental rate was okay, but not where it should be. It was Poorly managed, but not horrible. And um, I was walking the house with this husband-wife and wife that owned it, and I'm like, okay. And they were not young; I mean, they they were 60s. And so I asked them, so you know, wh- what do y'all do? And they're like, well, uh, we're over. At, I almost said that brokerage, but we're over at this brokerage. And and and, and uh, <laughs> one of them, he was a trainer. He trained new agents. He was the guy that would train them on contracts and all of that, all the new agents. And I'm like, interesting. Okay, so why are you selling the house? And they're. Well, there's a couple of things that were just fascinating. It was like, so why are you selling this house? He's like, well, we're going to retire in a couple of years. And, you know, we don't want to have rentals when we retired. I was kind of flabbergasted by that. i was like, I thought, the, <laughs> I thought, I thought the, the opposite was true. You wanted to have more. And then, right. and then, so I didn't, because I, I was wanting to buy the house. I hadn't had a contract yet. And I was like, okay. So the next question, my follow up was like, wait, you said you're a, you train agents at XYZ brokerage firm and like new agents on how to do the business. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't you just list this house in the MLS?
2: Right. That's
0: what I was thinking. He's like, well, you know, it's, it's a rental house. It's tenant occupied. You can't really list those houses. <laughs> I was like, okay. wait, you're training people. So I was like, oh, wow. So every <laughs> listing you all have come in the office has a tenant in it. Like, just send that over to me. Just don't even bother trying to list those. Yeah, no kidding. But I was, I was like, this guy is training other agents out there and this is coming out being an a empty, empty broker. Like this guy doesn't understand the business or how to execute the business, and he's stuck on this. Every house has to be this, you know, grand design, little home that's just perfect. Better Homes and Gardens, ready to go turnkey, and not a problem solver agent or broker in that regard. Mm -hmm. So that's where those, you know, there's there's a big difference between some real estate brokers. So. It's good that you Big invest time, in your team and and coach them cuz I don't think that's real common.
1: I appreciate that. I
0: don't think that I don't think it's real common at all. it takes a I'll, lot I'll,
1: of time and effort.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is is and and I don't know your broker splits but hopefully it's good to you because it it should be worth it because I people need yeah. to pay for what they get and you know some people Absolutely. Want to, they want to go the cheapest route and they're like oh well this broker doesn't cost me but x amount of dollars per month and I have unlimited unlimited transactions I'm like I mean transactions are you going <laughs> to is that guy got to help you do, or that yeah. lady. So, well, it,
1: what if you had to work less and did three times as many transactions yeah. and then you would make more? And that's that conversation we do have that combo a lot. But, teach own. I'm looking for the person who wants to be molded, given leads, right? And um, we, we do have a first split, but then we also teach you how to do investments so you can get. Flat fees on um, any acquisitions and/or flip, and then if we buy it personally and flip it, you get a commission on the backside. So cool.
0: I don't think we we'd never mentioned the name of your brokerage. So you need to at least let that be known to everybody oh yeah. that's hearing hearing <laughs> this. They're like, "Who's this guy? I want to be on. I want to be on yeah, his team." Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, if it's anybody, we we'd be we'd love to talk to you. But mm-hmm. it's a uh, Summit Cove Realty. S U M M I T C O V E. All that is it was the name of the street that I lived on when I started the business, yeah. <laughs> but I liked it. Had a cool. Ring yeah. and uh, I miss I hate that I sold that house because I wish I would have kept it as a rental, yeah. But anyway, this is what it is.
0: There's so many houses I wish I'd kept, but then I also look back and said, Man, if I would have kept it, I wouldn't have been able to, to do XYZ. Yeah, that's so right. I've sold true. so many houses just to keep the business going and to fund because I didn't take a paycheck from right, McCall right. property management for a long time, and the way I kept afloat and paid. Paid my bills was by flipping houses. I didn't want to flip houses. I wanted to hold on to them, but I had to flip them to right. for my long term vision. And you know, right. some of the houses I sold, I was able to take the money and reinvest into other homes. You know, one of the houses homes is the first home my my wife and I bought when we first got married. And you know, you you you're nostalgic about your first home together. Like that's that's a that's a big thing. And we yeah, this was ours. And and I was I went through a a layoff or I got uninvited to work at a, a financial firm, and I was able to afford the house. I could keep it, but there's other opportunities that came up. We made the decision to buy another home. I used private money financing. That's most of my models been through private money. And so Gosh. I was able to get another good deal, semi-distressed, 100% financing, and part of the remodel paid for on private money. And then I sold the home that we came from, and I didn't pocket much. It was maybe 20 grand, maybe a little bit more, but that had to support me for my, my upstart from, you know, my first year out of corporate world, and Heck yeah, man, it, man, talk about wake up. Like you, you, make good money at a job, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Right? And you re- you wake up the next day, and you're like, how do I make a dollar? Dude,
1: so- exactly. Think about that. Think of this too. What if you you're doing that job, and you do your whole well, two things, mm-hmm. you get to year like 39, right? And then you get laid off or you finish it all, right? And then your retirement goes down like 2020, mm-hmm. COVID, or it goes down like flash crash, 2017, oh wait, if you retired and you're not dollar cost averaging when it's down like that, you literally just wait for it to go back up or you die and then it goes that way. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to relinquish my retirement, just stuff that's out of my control, yeah. right? Real estate is within our control. We can create our own retirement. Mm-hmm. I personally don't believe 401ks are going to do people much good in the future.
0: I think that the 401k and I used to be a series seven broker, like I bought and sold securities for people, bonds, structured products. That's why I like the the financing side of, you know, how to make the numbers margins and all that. And, you know, the stocks Mm -hmm. and preferreds and all that. But, um, Man, I'm not sold on it. Yeah, I have a 401k at the company and, you know, we put money in there. But uh that's not a I'm not putting my eggs in that basket as far as what Correct. I anticipate my retirement come from. I think 401ks, they're still new. People don't realize that. This is it's new. 70s, the, right? Yeah, the generation that started 401ks is soon to be re- they're just starting to retire. And I I think we're going to see that we didn't we moved from having a pension environment where people had their pensions from working at XYZ company for so long to having 401Ks where they have control over their own money.
1: That you can transfer.
0: The people, like those financial firms, they're the ones that are making the money on that 401K stuff. I mean, there's some interesting know, books on the numbers on it. But the thing is, is that 401K, you've got to be so disciplined. When I was broke, I had to dip in my 401K. If I had a pension, I wouldn't have been able to. And so there's going to be a lot right. of people that Good didn't point. have as much or… My people have an option. Do they put one percent in, or do they put ten percent in their four hundred and one k? You know, some people do ten, some do one. That one's gonna be really right. tough when it comes time to retire. And you know, you're you you've got certain limitations on what you can invest in. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of cash flow assets and assets that hold for appreciation. I tell people real estate, like a house. What's the worst that's gonna happen? Like it burns down. As long as nobody gets hurt, you get an insurance check nobody's going to air up the tires and steal your house. And then, I mean, if the <laughs> right. tenant, doesn't, if tenant doesn't pay the rent, like, Oh, we'll get rid of that tenant yes. and, and it'll it'll get back on track. I mean, it may take a few months to, to get it back to where it needs to be, but you still have a solid asset. It's not like I bought loose and it went to zero next week. Like it's right. there. You can like,
1: turn it back into cash flow. Right.
0: right. So I, I you know when I was a kid, I bought, I remember two stocks that I bought a couple. One is, you know, we went on a family vacation. We ate this really cool restaurant and, and it was, you know, I think It's called Planet Hollywood. You you've seen it. They're they're still around. I've heard of it. I'm like, that's cool. Like it's all these movies and all these you know famous people are invested in this and those publicly traded. And I'm like, up. Went home, put my money in Planet Hollywood stock. They went bankrupt.
1: Oh my goodness! I I had no money. Yeah, because they were like, (laughs) I didn't. they were like hard rock.
0: Yeah, so I didn't have any like big you know retirement money in that. But that was like my my understanding is like i have no control none zero mm-hmm. and some people don't realize but some of these corporations the business model is to go bankrupt and it's so they can restructure that debt so some of these companies right. they'll, they'll load up heavy on debt they'll build the business they'll go bankrupt to restructure their debt so that they can take on all that debt to where they can invest in the future, maybe it's equipment, mm-hmm. whatever. Then didn't go bankrupt, restructure their debt to where now they can service it better. But now they, they're ahead of their competitors because they got so many, all this assets they were able to purchase Bad mortgage, bad loan. So it's
1: kind of a very smart, but a dick move.
0: <laughs> oh, it is. Well, I think we had a president that that was kind of part of his business model. I don't know. Look it up. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, uh, hey, one of the real estate gurus who's wrote a very, very famous book, I'm not going to talk negatively about, yeah. but it's like the go to. That's his business model as well.
0: Yeah, the the thing is, is we we don't have control over that four hundred one k and and the investments that are yeah. in it. We have no control, and you don't have control of dividends and in the equity. There's just no you're no control. In the houses you you do have control. I used to be a fixed income broker, and I had to cover New England and Florida. That was my region, and so I'd have little old ladies call me from Florida say, "Hey, I've got four hundred thousand dollars." This is one lady I'll always remember. She's like, "I got four hundred thousand dollars." And it's got to last me the rest of my life. What can you do for me? Like,
2: well, how old are you? <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. And well, what? when do you plan on dying? How much do you need? Yeah. Like there's all those variables that I had that were not playing in her favor. She had to have so much money per year off of that, which, you know, at that time, low interest rates, they weren't going to pay. She's going to dip dip mm-hmm. into her principal forever and probably right, outlive man. her principle. But if I had full control and was able to do what, I, what was right for her, she just could have gone to Wataga and bought four houses cash. I know, man. And they and they would have been hedged for inflation. She would have lived just fine.
1: So my grandma is that way. She's now 80 or about to be, and she was just getting eaten alive by fees mm-hmm. and tiny little non-conservative stuff and substantially less than 400 grand. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, like, grandma, obviously my Dad had to provide the credibility because I'm just a grandson, but it's Mm -hmm. like, we can help you get these two notes. And like, one was in Missouri and one was in like, I don't know, somewhere like that. We basically got her a 10% yield and saved 20 grand liquid capital, which she probably blew or gave away to my cousins or something. Mm -hmm. But besides the point, but she was able to like grow her money instead of just literally dwindling and dying. And I think that is what we're nailing. a 401k, you are dwindling and dying and trying to withstand. And I'm all for them, don't get me wrong, I have them too. But if that's the only egg, like your basket, Mm -hmm. like you said, I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket. Like It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, because our entire economic economy globally is designed on ebbs and flows that are manufactured by our Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. So they know what they're doing, the guys who created this. And it's not just like those attorneys, not in Kyle's and I's best Mm -hmm. interest it is in the banks and the big businesses, et cetera. I'm with you, man. Like I, I could go about that stuff for days. I tap into that on Thursday. Um, and that note meetup is just like, guys, I'm all for this. But if you go look at the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission website, it puts on there, and I highlight this, none of these things are backed and guaranteed by the federal government. And it's stocks, it's mutual funds. it's They put crypto on there, everything. The only thing that they put on there in an asterisk is that is backed is a note. It's a real estate debt note. There's an asterisk right by it at the bottom and I highlight it. It says, this is guaranteed and backed by the government. All of these other things are not. Mm-hmm. And I, I that's one of the reasons why they push the debt and the amortization and creating all that because that is fully backed by the taxpayer. That other stuff, if it goes under, you're screwed.
0: Well, and I don't think people want to think too hard about it. I don't think they 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 just want to trust blindly trust that whatever they're told is right. good. And you know, the person is it's that it's a salesperson that's telling them uh, <laughs> right, what, what it's supposed to be, and they want to believe it because that's and they think that's their only hope, and it's it's not at all. Right. Like it's like you mentioned, no private money notes, owning real estate. I've helped a lot of people make a whole lot more money on their on their money just by like lending on my flips. Or it's awesome. Or or long term rentals. Like it's just, you know, and we're not talking like two or three percent. We're talking significantly more income. Yes. And I'm still I'm still a winner. I remember there's one person I borrowed some money for a rehab. I, I did a, a pretty big project and he was like, Hey, I want to put money in. I'm like, well, I'll let you lend me the rehab on it. And so he mm-hmm. rent, he lent me the rehab. I'm like, great. And I, and, he, and I was like, well, how much do you want? And he's like, I don't know, just whatever you normally pay. And I paid him 12%. Uh, 1%. No, well, I'm I paid him 12%, <laughs> 1%, 1% per month. And uh, awesome. I sent him his money at the end because I like that setup because I just pay at the closing when I'm done. I don't think about it it's just Same. straight up. And he, I, I wired him his money. He's like, whoa, wait, this is a lot more than I was expecting. I'm like, well, crap, you should have told me beforehand. But <laughs> but no, but the whole point is like, we all won. Like I made yeah. on that deal. I made $82,000 on that one flip and he he made an I'd extra home run. three or four grand more than he thought of or whatever. Like, so it was huge. Yeah. It was a big deal. And like, that
1: compounds, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he, he did well. I did well. Everybody's happy and got to move it down the road and do it again. That's awesome. Fun stories, man. I love real estate.
1: I know. And yeah, there's for days. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, there's always a deal within a deal within a deal.
0: And that's the other thing, just don't take it for what's presented at you. There's so many ways to make money in real estate.
1: Right. I've lost money on three investments, three flip houses. One of them, if I had knowledge of what I know today, we would have made very, very much profit. One of them was a sweet old lady moving to Atlanta Mm -hmm. and we were buying her house. The market started to turn less. What July, not last July, but the July before July 2022. And we are, we had a longer closing. Mm-hmm. So I had uh, somebody lined up to buy it. They back out like, a, I swear, like three days before closing. This is literally like an elderly woman mm-hmm. moving to be with her kids on dialysis, had her treatments, did all that. And it's like, I'm not going to be responsible for this lady not doing that. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, that extra stress probably would have produced potentially a heart attack. Yeah. 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 So it's like, okay, that one had to make a decision. And then one of them is just like, you know what? I don't want to do this rehab. Let's just lose a little bit of money, call it a day. But being able to do that stuff mm-hmm. and, and gaining the knowledge is like you said, the deal within the deal within the deal. If you really, really do your fact checking, your due diligence, you limit your opportunity for massive mistakes.
0: Yeah. Nobody bats a thousand. I've, I've lost a few bucks here and there on some deals, but not very, I mean, I got man, I could count it on half of one hand and looking back, I could have done them. Every, and one of them that I'm thinking of is because we bought six houses at one time. So it's not like we, we could have reallocated our costs, I guess, between the different houses. So I made mm-hmm. bank on three of them two of them i did okay two of them did okay and one of them i lost like six grand like well really did i really because i made way more than no on the other five exactly. so i still okay i brought money to the closing but i made a lot we'll more. call
1: that a portfolio
0: yeah a portfolio the so, portfolio so, made you know,
1: a lot of money and,
0: and you know I, I think i've i had one and this is because i partnered on something and with somebody and i probably shouldn't have because that's the mm-hmm. way i am but um they they viewed business differently i i don't like cutting corners yeah. on projects, and they were like, "Well, th- this paint was cheaper." I'm like, yeah, obviously. Or you know, that sort of <laughs> like the, yeah. those are sort of, like the end buyer sees that, and so mm-hmm. you know, I, my standards are a little bit higher than the person that I've partnered on that house was. And you know, I mentioned this to somebody I talked to earlier this morning. Is like, you you know, you can't save your way rich, and I think that's the same thing as like you can't skimp your way on. Projects either because you just it doesn't yeah at the end of the day it just doesn't amount like it bites you in the back it, it comes back and gets you because it's going to come mm-hmm. up in an inspection or it's going to come up up when everybody walks to their house and they're like yeah you did awesome you painted everything perfect and but all these ceiling fans are from the nineties well right good they work they I love them like those are the ones I had when I was a kid like no that's that's why you got a good deal <laughs> in the house because of that correct so, right, right yeah so th- those You're are right man things that. You know, just because you're cheap, that does you don't get get the big payoff. That's right. where the eye buyers don't get it they they don't see that that kind of thing. Big time. Yeah, I
1: can't tell you how many open door homes I went into. That was like, I can't believe they're even listing this mm-hmm. in this condition. And you're like, there's stains all over the carpet. There's like, well,
0: they hired the cheapest person to walk through that home that doesn't even own a home, never has owned a home. And then they don't understand what they're looking for. They just have a checklist right. they're supposed to walk through with a video. You can't see dirt on a video. You can't see smells on a right. video. You can't see the little patterns that don't line up. Like you just can't see that. And the person that makes the decision, they've never really been a real estate investor. They just had an algorithm and then they, they're making a right. the decision while they're sitting, you know, two or three states away. Right. I can go on quite a bit. So. <laughs> But uh, I was yeah, doing yeah, research yeah. with other funds and I'm like, who am I competing with out here? And I think I might've mentioned this when we we're having coffee. And one of the ones that I was competing with, like their numbers were like, they're okay. There were nothing to get excited mm-hmm. about. They were, I would be, I'd be happy if I had their numbers. But when I asked them, like, why should I put my money with you versus another fund? And they're like, well, we got this proprietary software that, uh, because, you know, we're, we're from Silicon Valley. I'm like, that's your answer? Your answers have not produced a higher... <laughs> results than what I'm doing without my, without proprietary information or programs. So I think too many people are putting too much credibility on those programs and like, oh, well. They are. Yeah.
1: I've well, and it. did it, correct me if I'm wrong, but did Silicon Valley Bank not just go under?
0: Yeah. And <laughs> that was a lot and, of bad and business and there, decisions. Well, yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of different compounding reasons for that. But one of them was like my experience when I was in fixed income brokering, like why did they have so, because you have to mark to market your debt. So if you have loans, you have to market mm-hmm. to whatever the market value is. You can argue however you want on that. But the thing is, is, like if the rates go up, the values go down, why would you, in an environment where you know the rates are going to go up because they're so low that they got to go up sometime, why would you buy a long-term debt knowing that it's going to get crushed when the rates go up? Like crushed, which will automatically yeah. make sure that you don't hit your reserve number, which means you go under. You didn't have to have a crystal ball. I'm like, I'm not smart. Right. I didn't go to private school. I went to public school. but. <laughs> Crap, I got to figure that out. Like, it's not rocket science. Yeah. So, but you know, they had an algorithm. The-
1: right. I'm with you. It's that FaceTime algorithms are great, formulas are great, but they get, you got to do more than a formula. Unless you're just like BlackRock and you can mm-hmm. print money left and right. But I money's don't have free that to problem. Them. Yeah, money's free to them. <laughs> not yet. If we can, hey, I tell you what, if we can find, create a bank and get in touch with the Federal Reserve, then that's the end game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Talk to me about that later. No, there's a lot of things out there that can be done. There's mastermind groups that can solve that problem for you too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I mean, again, I loved a lot of stuff mm-hmm. we're talking about. I'm I'm excited about the, uh, I think hypothecation is the term that they use at the banks where they'll set up the node and, and get it. I've heard of like Susser Bank, I think maybe plays ball on that, but I, I, I want to touch base with you uh, a little more specifically yeah. after the call.
0: I've got, I think I have two people that I, uh, that do that, that I I think they use different banks that they they can connect you with and they're local, like they meet up off a 140 or 170. So not right on the road from you. All right, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much time. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your experience. Yeah,
1: man. I enjoyed it. And it
0: was up front. And the thing is, is like, I just want people that listen to this. Podcast to understand that like there's no one way to make money in real estate. It's all like what you make out of it, and it's not as scary as people think it is, and it's not what you see on TV. Like you are completely different than every other person I've visited with, and you've done so many different things, and, and you've got a, a lot to offer. So actually, if if anybody wants to get a, be a real estate agent, I think they really should should spend some time sitting down with you and research that because
1: well, I appreciate that it would
0: it would be time well spent because we I can help. It's very important what broker you set your license with. And it's gonna really time. direct the direction you go, of course. But then also like, where you're not you're gonna be successful. And I like the part where you mentioned being able to predict if somebody's gonna be successful or not. We don't know. But man, that hunger, that drive. I need I want to do personality exams on my new hires from going forward, but
2: yes, like
0: that sense of urgency and that drive is very, very important. And I've seen that drive in people. That didn't have the skill set, and it worked out. And I've seen people that had all the skill set in the world, but didn't have that motivation or drive because right. they had that that safety net. Or I've seen right. it where a lot of a lot of I don't know I've, I've collected in my circle guys that will come to me that their wives are Uber successful, like, and that, this is multiple times, and they're like, they need to do something with their time, they need to be doing something, and then they end up they're super smart, but they have no motivation because their wife makes crazy right. freaking money. All you right. have to do is like send this email. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. like it's, it's, yeah, I've seen that so many yeah. times. It's so interesting. So I don't know. Dude,
1: favorite, one of my favorite verses, mere talk leads to poverty. That's oh, yeah. what comes to mind right there. Mm-hmm. Mere, well, I say it, they're doing fine, but yeah. I would want to encourage the person on here. What can you learn from that story? If you're like me and Kyle, when you started yeah. and you didn't have a wife that made super uber amount of money, yeah. it's like, don't just talk about it. Take action. Mere talk leads to poverty, but action leads to profit. Yeah. That's what probably I think King Solomon forgot to write that part but no, I'm just kidding. I like it
0: that's it good I'll, I'll, <laughs> so I'll believe deep. it I'll go with it all right cool, well man. thank you so much and uh we'll call it call it a podcast here but thank you so much for spending your time and again you know you just got to get out there and do it so thank you for sharing Jeremy all
1: right man appreciate all you right. having me you
2: too thanks